0: Welcome to Media Current's Open Waters Podcast.
1: Hey everyone, welcome to season two of the Open Waters Podcast by Media Current. I'm your new host, Susan Cooper. My co hosts, Mario Hernandez and Mark Shropshire, will be coming to you each month to explore the intersection of open source technology and digital marketing. In today's episode, we'll be speaking with Cherie Hill, Creative Director of MediaCurrent, and John G, Digital Designer at MediaCurrent. Both have been doing extensive work in higher education, building design systems, addressing pain points of scale and velocity, and bringing brand stories to life. We'll explore some of the challenges facing marketers and designers in higher ed, touch on learning modalities, and how they function in web and marketing teams as well as some quick and easy tips to help sharpen your school's brand strategy and maximize some production workflows. If you are a marketer, designer, or tech lead for higher ed, this episode is for you. Welcome, everyone. Mario, I'm excited that we're kicking off the first episode of season two.
2: Yeah. Hi, Susan. Uh, First of all, thanks for joining us as a co-host of the podcast. And and yes, I'm really excited about putting the podcast back on track. So I can't wait to, uh, to get started with this, the first episode of the second season.
1: Yeah, so let's get into it. Cherie and John, glad to have
0: you here. Uh, Can you tell us about yourself? What are your roles? Hi, Susan. Uh, So glad to be here. Um, I'm Cherie Hill, and I am the Creative Director here at Media Current. Uh, What that means for those of you who might not be familiar with what creative directors do, (laughs) we work with awesome designers like uh, John and some of our UX and UI designers to help bring um, Creative visions to life. So we um, help to uh, establish colors and themes, and really design brand experiences that are memorable and connect to audiences. Awesome, and John.
3: Uh, I'm a digital designer here at Media Current, and as a digital designer, I work directly with Sheree, the creative director, to produce branded elements, both uh, in-house and for clients.
2: Great. Well, thanks for uh, being here, both of you. We. Really enjoy and appreciate you taking the time to join us. So the, you know, the first question that I have, I know there's always challenges when it comes to design or, or working on a project, but can you tell us, uh, give us a little bit of uh, information about some of the challenges that uh, clients face, uh, especially higher education clients when it comes to design?
0: Sure. Um, so, you know, right now, clients in in higher ed are really facing challenges when it comes to pivoting. Uh, from what's happened with COVID and um, building coursework that connects with students online. But there's different audiences in higher ed. So there's different challenges with those different audiences. So for example, for the content authors or for the marketer, there are certain challenges that they have um, in producing content as well as reaching leads and, and reaching students versus one of a, a faculty member who um, might be wanting to share some of the knowledge that they're building and um, to find the best um, students for their programming. So um, at Media Current, we have a lot of experience in working with higher education. So we're familiar with those challenges. We're familiar with those audiences, um, and we're familiar really with what's happening with COVID. Um, Some of the other challenges that are faced are really looking at creating consistent experiences across different channels. And that's something that John and I have been able to work with on on a few different clients. John, do you want to talk a little bit about how um, the design debt is managed for, for schools?
3: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, design design debt is a pretty big problem with a lot of education uh, facilities. Uh, Starting from the top all the way to the bottom, everybody needs different branded content, you know, emails, papers, that sort of thing. And trying to keep everything consistent so that you've got a a brand that everybody recognizes and understands is pivotal.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And then when you think about producing content, this is something that everyone in digital every brand faces today. And that's really content production, you know, back in the day, um, schools or universities or different brands would have a designer on staff and they would produce an annual report or there would be flyers that would be produced. Well, that's not how it is today. Today, the cadence is that on social media, there are daily postings on uh, different websites. Like there's eBooks that are posted weekly, um, depending on what the institution is or monthly. And so we really need to look at how do schools look to scale and how is work produced across teams because marketers aren't the only ones that are producing content. Um, Brand ambassadors at schools, teachers, um, students, they're all producing content that help the schools reach new prospects and help to build um, really the school's reputation. So it's important that the marketers and the team members and the students and the alumni and any brand has the tools that they need to be able to create consistent brand experiences experiences across channels.
2: As a follow up, let me uh, ask you, how does your team work on addressing these challenges that you just uh, outlined? Uh, One of the first things that we do in order to
3: uh, establish that brand is we have brand workshops that inform all of our design decisions and asset production. And then we develop that into an entire brand guide that helps uh, kind of of reduce that design debt and keep everybody consistent. So they've all got that same uh, page to follow.
0: So when you think about the voice and the personality of your brand. Every brand sounds different. Um, when you think about Harvard, for instance, the institution is very traditional. Um, it has a lot of legacy and a lot of history that it's rooted in its mission and vision is going to be different than a modern art school, um, like RISD. So it's important to understand what a voice sounds like. And we can explore that through the brand workshop that, um, John just mentioned. And we do that through design thinking. And what's great about design thinking is everyone has a voice. So because of COVID, as we mentioned earlier, we're able to do these virtually and we do virtual brand workshops in Mural and everyone uses different sticky notes, just like if we were in a classroom doing it together. Um, And we can gather those findings and then distill it into the brand strategy. Um, And those guidelines um, define application, everything from how the logo looks to how the brand sounds, to all of the different distinct brand elements. So the different designs, the actual grid, the typography, all the things that you see in different design elements are defined in the brand guide.
1: Awesome. So tell us a little bit more about designing for higher ed.
0: One of the things that's unique in service-based design is that we're creating a service and a system, right? So that's different than product design um, that reaches the consumer. So Amazon, um, when you think about a business to consumer, it's different challenges. So in service design, we're looking at providing a service. Schools provide education, education as a service, um, but we also productize it and by creating uh, digital products like component-based design. So as we define the system and the design system and all of the elements, we call it atomizing the design system, right? So we're not really building so much on templates anymore. We're really creating those key elements that are used throughout the system um, that's foundational. So when you think about challenges like, scale or velocity and be able to produce that content quickly and have the teams produce the thought leadership and the content, um, we create the systems that allow the team members to do that. So John, do you want to talk a little bit about the challenges that you've seen in producing and working with higher ed institutions?
3: I think the two main challenges that I've seen are probably, first off, content migration. And so with educational systems, we've got hundreds of pages of content, we've got blogs, we've got books, ebooks, we've got all of these different classes and classwork. And along with that comes the second challenge, which is division of labor. And so in order to get all of that content migrated, we have to work directly with the school's team. And we also have to build out a team of, of internal people to kind of Work up a, a system to get all of that content moved in a in orderly fashion, and so one of the things that really helps with that is component based design, so that we can drag and drop, so that it's easy for for everybody, not just developers, but people on their team to help us with that lift.
2: That's great, and you know, you mentioned that nowadays there's a lot more people involved in in the content creation process. So, what are some of the tools that uh, can help marketing teams? in their productivity uh, as it relates to uh, these marketing efforts?
3: Uh, Cloud collaboration, for starters. Cloud collaboration is extremely important these days. Uh, So, One of the things that we did for ACHS is we developed these Google Doc templates for their eBooks, for their internal communication, for their external communication, so that they have this kind of rigid structure based on their brand guidelines that everybody can modify not just people with adobe cloud software but people on on the ground level
0: and hand in hand in that like one of the things we think about because we have training here at media current when we build drupal systems but we also create processes um for cloud collaboration so For example, one of the things that we found here in um, our brand, our own brand evolution, moving from one brand to another is that there is a level of effort when it comes to updating documents. So a cool hack that John discovered is a methodology to Update um, different brand elements to the new brand, and so we've captured those findings from what we've learned, and we've create, created created processes that we can share with marketing departments and with schools, so that it's a lot faster and easier to update those documents. Historically, it has taken hundreds of hours. It can take hundreds of hours to update um, old brands to new brands when there are different um, flyers and documents and. It's not just letterhead anymore. When you think about schools, um, there's so much information and content that's shared that has to be updated. So we've worked to build those processes that are quick, easy, and efficient.
3: And alongside that with with cloud collaboration in mind, we have also found ourselves using Canva an awful lot. I mean, like I said, not everybody has access to Adobe cloud software and Canva really helps people keep digital graphics consistent and so we've got like graphics for email graphics for social media we've got animated graphics and if you use the brand guide to build out a brand kit in canva you can kind of establish these these parameters that makes it a lot easier for people to follow and also helps reduce that design debt
0: you know one of the things that we talk about here is does it pass the litmus test how can you tell your content from another school's content. Um, It's so important anytime there is a brand moment, like there's a moment that you are speaking or reaching out to a prospective student, that's called an impression. You're making an impression of who you are as an institution and the value that you can add to their life. So it's important that your brand stands apart and has those different elements of identification so that you're easily recognizable. Now, you mentioned the the
1: value that you add to customer's life. Um, So many marketers and brands these days are placing a higher importance on mission and values. Why is that important um, for higher ed and how do they apply that to a design system?
0: Absolutely. So our mission as a brand, any brand, your mission is your guiding light. It's why you get up in the morning. I mean, it's really why you do what you do and your mission will help to inform how you make decisions. There's so many different points of decisions for brands and organizations and team members. And the vision really helps us keep, I'm sorry, the mission really helps us keep aligned in that. And the vision is how you do it. So when you think about what that looks like, um, the vision is really how that would look in the future. So when we think about how that informs the design system, we think about how it feels, right? Because the design system is really, has a lot to do with emotion. So for example, um, when we were working with Emory Goizweta Business School, uh, their vision is really about preparing principled leaders, and they're known for being rigorous. So when we created the design system, we, we selected and created images that reflected passion and discipline and collaboration, which are all characters that are representative of principled leadership. And we carried that throughout the design system. And then when we think about the different shapes, we used um, different angles that were pointed upwards, that were inspirational and driving and motivating. Um, So that really helps to tell the brand story without using words. It's an energy. It's an emotion of how you connect with the audience.
2: You know, I had the pleasure of working on that project, uh, Sherry, uh, the Gociera project. And it was a very challenging project from a design and development point of view. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, uh, looking at the end product uh, of that project, I, I, you know, I really thank you for pushing us because that was something that really pushed our team. And you know it was challenging, but at the end of the day it just it, it made us so much better. The project came out really nice, and I was very happy with uh, the decisions that you made from a, a design point of view there. So um, in, in, in that uh, light, you know can you tell us, because you know brand, right? Uh, there's a story behind that it sounds like. So how, how do schools build that brand story uh, as a service organization, how is that brought to life?
0: Absolutely. That's a great question. So, um, what we do when we look at the brand story, we examine the different facets of the value system of the school. So, schools all have a value system that helps to inform their brand strategy. So, we look at all of those different pieces and we build out a complete brand strategy. In that brand strategy, we look at different personality values and those different personality values, we have a workshop where we place images with those different values and we create a mood board. And that mood board is then shared with the team and we get feedback. And that's something that John was able to work um, with ACHS on and um, really help create a unique design system for them that doesn't look like any other school um, that I've seen. John, do you want to talk a little bit about that process and what that
3: looked like? Yeah. Once once we put the mood board together, we can start using their mission and vision to kind of inspire the visualization of de- design elements and bring that across the entire system. And so, for example, right now, uh, we're working on a campaign for DrupalCon and we've got the system that's based entirely around uh, open source and it, open source expansion. And so we are creating visuals that kind of follow along with that mission and expanding on the expansion element of it.
0: And some of, the, some of the visuals that uh, John has selected have outer space and rocket ships and really the idea of going where people haven't gone before, because that's really what open source is, right? It's us collectively exploring and building new frontiers together. So we're able to harness the excitement of that and just use these beautiful visuals of um, space that light the imagination to inform the design system for the event campaign. So that's everything from um, a virtual booth to um, different media types, to ad placements, to email campaigns, um, all of the different parts of the system. So
1: what do educators have in common? Like, what are you seeing in the market today among our clients?
0: one of the big things is modularity, right? So solutions are, they're not a single instance anymore. It's really about system design and creating cohesive experiences across not only web, but also native products. So when we're building systems with modular elements, um, we want to allow it to scale efficiently, right? So we want to provide flexibility to adapt, not only to the environment, but to what time of day it is, to what the season is to whatever the academic calendar year is. Um, And not only that, there's similar audiences. So when you think about audiences in higher ed, there's the external audiences, which we call the front-end audiences. Um, And those are people that come to the site to meet a need or complete a task, okay? So some of these um, different personas or audience members are prospective graduates, um, prospective grad students, uh, current undergrads, current grad students, parents. Um, People coming for continuing education, maybe a job applicant or an alumni or a donor. So all of these audience members have different goals and needs, right? Well, internal audiences are varied as well. So these people are coming to the site to communicate information and connect with users. And we're calling this the back-end audience right? So it's not just a content author. It's people in the academic programming. It's the marketing communications. Um, it's admissions or staff or faculty, or maybe someone that's doing fundraising. So all of these people, even though they're a part of the school, all have very different goals. So when we think about For example, a prospective student school, um, they may be wanting to attend the best school that's possible for them, right? But when they're coming to the site, they want to determine if the school is right for them. And they are looking to find out about specific programs, who the faculty is, what the coursework is. And one of their main questions is, can I afford this school, right? It's like we all have budgets that we need to be able to examine. And then they want to look at perhaps applying to the school. Now, there's some risks with these students right so there's a risk of losing them in their journey if there's an information overload, right? So we need to be very careful about how we chunk the information within the UX, or perhaps they have difficulty accessing the tools they need. Maybe there isn't a program finder, or maybe something's broken within the system. Um, Or if there's complex pathing, maybe they can't find what they need, or if the site design is, is poor and it's a poor experience. So some of the things you want to think about is to avoid these pitfalls and to also look at how do we win these students. So we win the students when, or the prospective students, when the site experience is easy, right? It's not painful for me to explore this site. There's lots of white space. and so the content's easy to find, if there's a definitive visual hierarchy, if it's a consistent experience, if I don't have to work, if the burden and the onus isn't on me, then that's going to be a win for the school because I'm already attracted to you. I'm starting to trust you. I want to become more like you. Or if they have the ability to quickly identify who they are. So self-identification is a very powerful persuasion tool. Or what they need. If If we serve them the content that they need immediately within the experience, then it's a positive experience for them and and may result in a positive outcome for the the school. If they have access and transparency to key application tools. So if they find what they need and they're able to apply easily um, and we reduce that friction within the experience, then that's really how we win those students.
2: So Media Current is pretty big. It sets up, you know, we set ourselves apart because we have a huge commitment to the open source community and giving back to the community. Uh, are there any tools your team has either put together or found that you would share with the community that can help other organizations, uh, yes. you know, implement the systems that you have?
0: Yes, Mario. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yes, we do. In fact, from the project that we worked on together, we built out the component matrix template um from the Goisweda uh yeah, project that's pretty neat. That we worked on together. Yeah, so that's something that we have created into a tool or that we've designed into a tool and we can share that with anyone that's listening to the podcast. And then the other piece is the brand strategy planner. Um, so we have that as a template as well, and we'd be happy to share share that with the community.
1: That's awesome. I bet that'll be really useful for folks. Uh, So what's something that every marketer should read, watch, or listen to? This is a question for, for both of you.
3: So right now, one of, the, one of the things that I'm really big into reading about is uh, I, I picked up a book called What's Your Enneatype, which is an essential guide to the Enneagram. And so I've been reading an awful lot about personality typing and more importantly, uh, how you can market to different kinds of personality types to really improve that follow through. And I think that's something that's absolutely important for marketers is just learning as much as you can about personality types, learning how you can market to those people, um and there's there's so many different books and so many different uh methods of thought on each of those topics so it doesn't have to be enneagrams there's myers-briggs there's you know all of the all of the other different types and none of it is an exact science but it's it's something that will put you on the right path
0: it, it, it comes down to relationships right like sales and marketing is all about relationships and it's about understanding who we are as people and it's understanding. How how someone else thinks and really having empathy. I also um, read the Enneagram. It's something that I believe in. It's not just great for marketers to sell, but also to work in teams. Um, it's something that John and I have worked on together, understanding who we are and, and how to work together and, and how to motivate and collaborate. So it's great, not just for sales, but also for teamwork. Um, the other piece that I would say to that, and that's something that we're doing as a team is the CXL Um, coursework, which is digital psychology and persuasion. And what it is, is it's a psychological framework to um, improve our different platforms, like our websites. It it teaches us how to understand behavior as well and influence purchase patterns. So why that's important is because if we can understand behavior, then we can influence and we can help um, our clients meet their goals.
1: Yeah, it's it's incremental, right? With behavior change, you can't have people completely change the way they go about their day or the way they approach something. It's it's incremental. You can change one thing at a time to get them where you want them to go in and, and and not in a manipulative way, but in a way that is is uh,
0: you know, helping guide their experience. Absolutely. Yeah, we call it nudging. And we just think about how can, how can we influence them? And, and that's really where that mission and vision comes to play as well. Because if we have a mission and a vision that is looking to change the world for good and looking to change people and help them grow, then that's incremental. And we can help people reach um, the best version of who they are.
1: Yes. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm excited to have you all on our first episode of the second season.
2: Yeah, that was, that was a lot of great information, guys. So thank you so much for joining us. We look forward to uh, making this available to the masses. And anytime, Thanks. thank you uh, for having us.
0: Thanks for having
1: us. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us. You can find us at mediacurrent.com slash podcast and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. If you like this episode, share it with your friends and tag at mediacurrent on Twitter. For more resources on open source technology, thought leadership and case studies, visit us at mediacurrent.com.